Hello, and welcome to Defend Your Ship. Time to get wrecked. It is, in a good way, though. Always in a good way. <laughs> and today we have with us Betty Brash. Uh, and Betty, are you ready? I go. <laughs> Betty guesses. <laughs> that don't know Betty Brash that Betty Brash is my co-producer of Magical Girl Burlesque. Hi. Also the person that actually has to put up with my bullshit and make spreadsheets about it. Yeah. <laughs> spreadsheets. <laughs> Yay. She loves spreadsheets. I do not love spreadsheets. Spreadsheets scare me a little bit too, actually. <laughs> I ship myself in spreadsheets. <laughs> That's what I'm here to discuss today. You know what? And I think that Spreadsheets would be just a supportive partner who is always there for you and always ready to, like, take on your life and, like, help you organize and coordinate and, like... Unless the internet is down and you can't access Google Drive. That's true. That's true. I mean, in sickness and in health, you know? That's that's what I use. Are you you saying that for your birthday you want a t-shirt that says OTP Betty slash Spreadsheets? Absolutely not. (laughs) You, uh, you have seven months to think of something better than that. It would make me happy. Well, listeners, if you have any suggestions of other gifts for Betty's birthday that are not an OTP Betty Spreadsheets t-shirt, please let us know within the next seven months. It would bring me joy. Oh well, that's all that really matters for my birthday is to make no. you happy. I mean, it would make... It would... It would make my trollish heart happy. Mm, mm-hmm. That tracks. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. So we're going to kick things off today, Betty, by asking you, uh, by asking everybody, really, what are you into today? And this is a section of the podcast where we talk about our favorite fan content that we've experienced this week. Oh, man. So I binge-watched all of The Witcher recently. <laughs> Me too! I I can't say that I found that much fan content other than just, like, memes on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate everything that I've seen making fun of that show. Yes, that, that show was, like, there were a couple moments that were very dramatic, but I just burst out laughing um, specifically where she was trying to, like, capture the genie in herself to have a baby. There, yeah, that... And she's, like, yelling, fuck off, I'll do it myself, and, like, thrashing on the ground, and I was like, yeah, feminism. Oh, my God. Yeah, there was a lot on that show that was, like, uneven, and they were obviously trying to be the new Game of Thrones, but also there were moments that were just so ridiculous and silly that it... It's like, just lean into the silly. Just don't try to be, oh my god, Bo. Can we pause for a second? Yeah, we have a situation unfolding, listeners, which is known as uh, Raina's cat is on top of the counters and actually on top of the cabinets. He's an absolute madman. Yeah. It's fine. I got him down. We just cleaned off, uh, Raina and I just cleaned off all of her counters to prepare for a party. Um, so the cat now feels that he has some additional uh, cat tree territory. Yet he won't go on his actual cat tree. He's had trauma associated with that. But I don't blame that him. Is, that is not as tall as that. Yeah. <laughs> what are cats? What, what are cats, cats even? What are cats? Well, um, yes, no, confirm The Witcher has been uh, quite an experience. I watched it all between yesterday and today. 
So, yeah. Uh, overall, I liked it more than I was expecting to. Same, same. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting that the showrunner is a woman. Oh, I did yeah. not know that. That's cool. Well, in fact, I know. I was looking to see if it fit my that rules e- for TV shows. I mean, that explains why Henry Cavill <laughs> is Henry Cavill. The only thing I know about that show is Henry Cavill's ass and toss a coin to your Witcher. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, because you can bounce a coin off his ass. <laughs> He's just magnificent. He's... Very attractive. <laughs> I was not expecting him to be attractive, but it turns out that if you coat any man that buff in a thick <laughs> layer of dirt, I'll be into it. Ah. <laughs> that That is valid. He's dirty and handsome and beautiful. and His biceps are the thickness of my entire torso. <laughs> Just God. I just every time, every time he hums, every time he hums <laughs> an annoyance, I. Mwah. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. It's good annoyance. <laughs> oh my god. How about you, Raina? I have things that aren't Witcher related. Great. That are actually fan art related. Great. I, I'm, I'm sure our listeners will appreciate being able to see that, but just describe it in as much detail as possible. <laughs> so uh, I found this person called. I want to say it's. Wait, let me check the thing. I think it's Messy Sketchpad. Do you care about Sailor Moon and or the Powerpuff Girls? I do. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I have, um, I, I know what Sailor Moon is, and I also <laughs> used to watch the Powerpuff Girls, so. So, valid, fair. Oh, and she's the first thing on, wait, no. Different, different person? This is different fan art, but it's really good. Different Listen, fan Listeners, art. you'll really appreciate all so, of this So, okay, so I was putting two different people together. So there's Leechy Doodles who has been doing uh, Powerpuff Girls and Rowdy Rough Boys uh, teenage fan art that's really cute. That is really cute. And so, like, she's been doing these cute little cartoons of the Powerpuff Girls as teenagers with the Rowdy Rough Boys. Delightful. Um, And then... I'm looking this on the Instagrams. Yes, Messy Sketchpad. She has been doing an AU, a fan art AU, of the Senshi and Shintenyu from Sailor Moon as Kingsmen. Oh, man. From Kingsmen? From Kingsmen. And I know nothing about Kingsmen. And I don't really care about Kingsmen, but I care about the Shintenyu in suits. <laughs> yes. Good. And also... My you, kink. <laughs> yes. I feel like you could watch Kingsman and not hate that. That's fair. I probably could try. I mean, it's... In my opinion... I don't know. I watched that and I was like, nobody talks about My Fair Lady that much unless they're a little bit gay. Mm. So to me, it was pretty homoerotic. But nice. yes. They're they're very cute. Senshi Shintenyu art with all of them in fancy clothes. Looking very cute. They're beautiful. So if you care either about the Powerpuff Girls or Sailor Moon, uh, the Powerpuff Girl artist is Leechy Doodles, spelled L-E-E-C-H-E, then Doodles. And then the Sailor Moon fan art is Messy Sketchpad, all on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. Excellent. Excellent. I'll give them a shout out in the show notes. Yes. Um, so my fan content of the week is I finished The Mandalorian, finally, after all this time. I spent, like, three weeks with my family over the holidays, and they didn't have Disney+, Plus, so I finally got to, like, come home and use my roommate's Disney+, Plus, which is, like, that's what home is all about. 
just using your roommates, <laughs> just using all of your roommates' logins so you can watch more stuff. Um, and it was great. Getting what that good that, show. That sweet, sweet baby Yoda content. Oh my god, yeah. What a great puppet. Like, wow. <laughs> what a what great armor. What great voice acting. I would die for Baby Yoda. God, I would die for the Mandalorian. If that guy was like, be my meat shield, oh, I'd do it. Be his meat shield. I've also seen a lot of cute Baby Yoda. Well, a couple of cute Baby Yoda tattoos on the Instagram. Oh my God. Can because... you imagine? Like you get to wake up in the morning and just like stare at Baby Yoda on your body. And it reminds you that you are craving the chicken nuggies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like it's time for breakfast. Some people crave the chicken nuggies. I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was good. I, I, it was fun to watch that and then watch The Witcher because in many ways they are nothing alike. And yet the two big, the two big shows of this winter season have both involved an extraordinarily brooding man who's like very interested in being a dad to this one particular child. Yeah. I, and that's, what a theme. What a theme for us this it, winter. It's very, it's very wholesome. It's very yeah. sweet. It is. I, I kind of feel like The Mandalorian's a better dad. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't even know that there's an argument to be had there. Uh, listeners, if any of you disagree with me about why The Witcher's a better dad than The Mandalorian. Wait. So if you go on Instagram and look up the hashtag Baby Yoda Tattoo, there are already a thousand plus posts wow. of people showing off their Baby Yoda okay, tattoos. this Okay, guys, yeah, I, I highly recommend that all of our, our listeners look this up because this is some good content. If right you here. care about tattoo art and care about Baby Yoda and just need some feelings. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. This is, this is a thing for you. That is going to age well. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Baby Yoda's going to, I mean, actual, like actual facts, Yoda, he aged super well. Yeah. Like, Never going to go out of style. So baby version, super cute. Yeah, that's a good decision. It's like even if the Mandalorian crashes and burns, which I don't think it's going to because so far it's been A++++. (laughs) But like, even if like 30 years from now we don't remember the Mandalorian, but like Star Wars is still so very embedded in pop culture memory. I feel like it probably will be. But I'm just saying in a hypothetical, if you see someone with a baby Yoda tattoo and you don't know the Mandalorian, you're still going to be like, that is a sweet Yoda tattoo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you don't necessarily need to know. That it's from a TV show that everyone was really obsessed with in the (laughs) winter of 2019, early 2020. I mean, it would probably age better than the fucking banana art tattoos. Oh, (laughs) jeez. I don't even know what that is. Oh, that's a wild ride. The banana that was duct taped to the wall. Yeah, at a Miami art gallery. And and the artist uh, sold three versions of it for like $30,000 each. I do know about that. And, and then, like, someone came to a gallery and, like, took the banana off the wall and ate, ate it. Also, the That's best... awesome. Well, also, the best part of... So, the people that bought it, obviously, the banana is going to rot. Yep. So, technically, what they bought wasn't even the art itself. They bought a certificate that said, this is the official artist's work, and then has instructions on how you can get another banana and then duct tape it to your wall. And it will still count as the original art. So you basically spent five figures on a art certificate. For how to duct tape a banana to your very own wall. Yes. Art. 
Or... Thanks, I hate it. And oh, God. then some people made a tattoo flash art out of it. I don't know if anybody actually got it. You know what? I'm going to Instagram this right now just to see. If we can solve this with the power of Instagram. <laughs> Banana tattoo. It'll make for such great radio. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Banana. Stay tuned, listeners, as we browse Instagram. Oh, God. There's a lot of art of this. Wait. Duct tape banana tattoo. Anyway, we should move on. <laughs> yeah. So while well, well, Rana's uh, on this crusade, um, <laughs> Betty, how did you get into fandom? In in general or in a specific fandom? In, in general, in whichever capacity you feel moved to share with us. I mean, I was into fandom before I knew it was even a thing. I was a very nerdy child. I watched a lot of TV. I read a lot of books. I was you know on neopets i was on the internet yes. as like you know i was i was very obviously a nerd from a very young age and you just kind of get drawn to that whole like lifestyle and that that way of being yeah and it, it just it only got worse as i got older <laughs> worse it only, it only got yeah i would get obsessive about a particular fandom or I would find something that I was really into and I would only draw fan art or write fan fiction about that thing for long stretches of time then I would find something else get deeply obsessed with that and move on Mm -hmm. and I think now that I'm an adult a proper grown-up um I've gotten better about that I mean I don't know if I've gotten better but I'm just too busy (laughs) for that level of obsession I just kind of I, I watch my content and I'll enjoy discussing it with people, but I don't spend countless hours kind of just, you know, making the fan art or, oh my goodness, this is an, okay. I'm sorry. Okay, guys, we have an update for Instagram with a very, very important update. Um, Raina has located a picture, actually, no, scroll back to that. We have to provide, like, we've got to provide this receipt. So... <laughs> It is, this is conflated. <laughs> Both of the things we were just talking about, somebody has made art of Yoda in the duct tape banana. <laughs> oh, and I lied. It wasn't $20,000. It was $120,000. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Spread the banana. Six figures. So, yeah, six figures. Sorry. Continue. Wait, wait. Who's the artist? Uh, Let's give this person a shout out. Corn Fu. Good name. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So, uh, Betty, did you ever get into shipping while you were in fandom? All the time. Yeah. Like, I guess, I mean, it depended on the fandom, because I would feel more strongly about certain ships. I certainly didn't get into, like, wars over my ships with other people. I was just kind of like, this is the thing that I personally enjoy. It's okay if you don't approve of it. If, you know, like, it's okay if you like a different ship, but I'm just going to privately feel the very strong feelings that I feel about these characters. Except when it was, like, Mulder and Scully from X-Files, and I would just be like, oh my god, I just want them to be happy forever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, such a tall order, but I feel that. (laughs) I just want them to live happily ever after, solve the aliens, just fix the... Fix that whole situation. Can you solve aliens? That's what I wanted. I know you can't. And that is the crux of that TV show is that you can't solve the problem because, as in real life, the government is meddling with everything. And of course it's they are. The government's fault. It's too big for two people to handle. All they can do is love each other. 
Yeah, that's, that's a good message for the world today. <laughs> All you can do is just love each other because the world's on fire, uh, literally. Yeah. Mm. How about yours? That's why I like it. I'll never get bored. <laughs> All-Star. Did you just make an All-Star reference? Yes. Ah, okay. Also right. timely for the world today. Uh. Um, so, Betty, Rain and I have a ship in particular that we'd like to discuss with you, because we have our own fascination with this topic. Well, it's not even a ship. It's more of a fandom. It's more of a fandom in general. So today, I on, don't yeah, know anything today about Today on Defend Your Ship, we're really just defending an entire fandom. Great. So, <laughs> all rests on your shoulders. I'm so happy to take on this challenge. <laughs> so today we would like to talk with you about Homestuck. Oh, boy. So first yeah. of all, to ask you to do the hardest thing anyone's ever asked you to do, could you briefly recap or sum up <laughs> Homestuck for our listeners? No. <laughs> so the thing about Homestuck is that there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. Literally, it was it was a webcomic, but also it was a multimedia experience where it relied on flash cartoons, musical, oh, yeah. like whole animated ridiculous montages, and rather than having panels with like speech balloons you would have just like a whole chat like transcript of characters talking and like for a lot of people six thousand pages damn of that was too much but the ones that were strong (laughs) the ones that were so deep in the shit just got married into it just we we kept powering through and boy howdy was it a lot i mean there's, I mean, it's world building. It's about, you know, universe creation myths. It's about video game references, pop culture references of the 80s and 90s. There were, and there were so many references that it, to this day, still boggles my mind that so much of the fandom, specifically, like, the, the toxic part that gives us a bad rep, are, like, teenagers. And I'm like, how do you... Why do you like this? How do you understand these references? It's funny to someone who's a millennial, someone who's in their 20s or 30s. Why do you find this amusing? But somehow, like, people think Homestuck, they think of obnoxious 14-year-olds at Comic-Con. And for me, that's just... It was a big shock. Yeah, I think I've seen some of those obnoxious 14-year-olds out in the world. But obviously they don't make up an entire fandom. Yeah, and I know lots of people that are, if not necessarily closer to my age, they're not, they weren't children. They weren't absolute babies when we were into it. Um, and it's been, I mean, it's been a hot second uh, since since I've thought about Homestuck. I know it's like sort of coming back. There's like a sequel and there's been a video game. Oh, yeah. I very much there's like- video game? Yeah, I, I actually like- helped fund the kickstarter like i contributed to that there was a whole thing but like once the comic officially ended i kind of was just like okay it's done my 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 watch has ended i can leave (laughs) i can leave this wall now i don't have to continue suffering because it's like i love it but it it was so much and there was so much (laughs) fandom drama and there was so much ridiculousness to the comic to the plot it was just after a certain point i felt that i was just going through it 
for for the completionist in me just to like see what happens and let it finish and let it die and for a long time it was dead but now it's kind of coming back and now i kind of actually have to get back into homestuck mode because I'm about to produce a Homestuck burlesque show. Hey! <laughs> That's awesome. I'm teaming up with Mix Macabre, and we have been uh, semi-joking slash serious for basically the duration of our friendship once we realized we both liked Homestuck. We were like, yeah, we're totally going to produce a Homestuck show one day. And then this year, Raina was like, uh, so yeah, you wanna you want you said you wanted to do a homestuck show. Like, you did. Why, you did. You said that. And, and I was like, you're gonna let me do that? You're actually going to allow this to happen? <laughs> I never said you couldn't. I just thought it was so weird and ridiculous that I I don't know, but it's happening. So now I'm like, I guess I need to reread this monstrosity. I actually tried to get Mix to explain to me what homestuck was about yesterday. And How'd they, that go? Well, they were like, what What do you think it's about? And I was like, <laughs> immortal gods, vampires, astrology, signs with <laughs> horns. Uh. Yeah. And they were like, eh, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. It's hard to explain just because it's, you have to experience it. And it's so hard to get into it in the very beginning. It legit, it took me like three tries to actually like start enjoying it and, because it's it takes this weird format. The the story is told through a format of like you're playing a video game, but you're not actually playing a video game. So that's why it was so weird in yeah, the beginning. It's like yeah. this, this. I think I tried the first couple pages, and it was like an MS Paint type. Thing. Yeah, that's the whole time. It's like an MS Paint type thing. So. I know. I mean, but it's on purpose. No. But the art gets so much better. They're legit. It's like, it gets cinematic. There are soundtracks. There are so many albums that artists have collaborated on to create music that gets incorporated into some of the the animated feature parts. It's like, there are parts that are very emotional and very powerful and larger than life and it's like epic. But then there's also all of the stupid, tedious shit where it's just like, Hussey, Andrew Hussey, the creator, like, no disrespect, but it's so much of just like, I'm funny and I'm going to write just an endless essay of this character going off and trying to be clever. And I'm like, but but please, just can we get back to the plot? What is happening? What is actually happening? (laughs) And that's the part that would kind of like, you know, that was hard to wade through is the like the dialogue would just it would it would, would get, make it a creative circle jerk a little bit it was just, <laughs> you would just get really into writing these very long sometimes boring dialogues and you know maybe these are fighting words and some people will be like that's the best part certainly certain character interactions were that interesting and it was fun to kind of watch them bouncing back and forth but literally it's a wall of text you know <laughs> you're reading a wall of text yeah. and it's not animated and there's no pictures you're reading like a chat log from aim so that r.i.p r.i.p <laughs> yeah it, it's, it's interesting when people strike off to do these multimedia experiences like this and to learn what formats actually work for conveying a story and will hold people's attention and i often wonder like how much the world learned from homestuck in terms of channeling those formats for storytelling purposes yeah but I don't see them popping up. But then you do see, 
I mean, it's sort of been a, a trend in television as well to be showing like chat logs will pop up on the screen or you'll see if somebody looks at their phone for a text message, you'll see the text of it come across their screen. Like Sherlock did that a bit, which and everyone was like, "Ooh, cool. Look what Sherlock's doing. <laughs> Another creative circle jerk. Another creative circle jerk, barely. I mean, I'm not saying that Sherlock was inspired by Homestuck. I'm saying there was some overlap in their fans, though. Probably. I'm saying Super Hulock took us all over in 2012. Oh, Jesus But that was circa Homestuck, too. Yeah, that was... There was overlap there. We were both terrible fandoms on Tumblr. They're like two sides of the same horrible coin. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you were into Super Hulock... And that was, like, the thing that you were into. <laughs> that was, like, the the nice, polite fandom to be into. And then you were also into Homestuck on the flip side. I mean, Super Hulak was never polite. Compared to Homestuck. I mean, fair. <laughs> I don't there know. Was, there was, yeah, there would be a lot of fandom drama. And just people with very different headcanons and reactions to character relationships and developments and things. And even, like... My own opinions might strike a chord with people if, yeah. if there are any Homestuck fans listening. God, I hope so. Yeah, let's go there. Oh, so, dear like, God. who's your favorite character? What are some of your opinions? I want to hear Do all Do you have of any this. favorite ships? Any favorite ships? <clears throat> so, my favorite character, and this is like, she didn't start out being my favorite character, but she very much like took over my my life in a weird way. Uh, Kanaya Mariam, she's um, she's like the fashion troll. So basically, <laughs> the, the characters, for those who don't know, it starts out with like human children, and then we, like several acts into the story, we meet the trolls who are the fun weirdos. And yeah. they're like what I was waiting for, because that's what I thought the comic was about. And so the trolls are basically aliens. They have candy corn looking horns and they're they're very weird and they start out you think they're like internet trolls but they're actual trolls. Um, (laughs) And so Kanaya is into fashion. She's into vampires which is like on their planet it's called rainbow drinkers. Um, More on that to come. Um, She is very formal and like all of the different characters because we kind of meet them through we get to know them through these chat logs they all have different typing quirks so yeah one person right. will type in all caps so it looks like they're shouting one person will have like oh my God, the I remember alternating this. text like the the old school like aim the caps and or 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 the lead speak like oh everybody God. had different quirks so the way that kanaya would talk was uh she would capitalize every first letter of every word. So it looked like a title. So it would look very formal. And she had a very, like, awkward kind of stilted, overly, uh, like, she would use a lot of SAT words. Like, a lot of big vocabulary. Um, God, I I forgot that it was actually something innovative that was done in Homestuck. There were lots of things that were innovative. but I forgot about this one. (laughs) There have been people talking online about, you know, like digital literacy in terms of how language is using is being used online to communicate feelings and and subtext and Homestuck really did that with the way that the trolls talked. You could sort of hear 
the sound of their you know, I don't know, vibes. Absolutely. It definitely conveyed the their vibes. The, just the way that their their text, their speech was, you know, displayed would communicate their personality in a way. And and that's very interesting to think about. Um but Kanai was not my the first character that I was attached to. There was a few other goofy characters that I really liked. There's the one, uh, Nepeta, who is the cat girl who's into shipping. So she was like my first fave. Mm-hmm. I loved her so much and she I related. A, like a cute hat. She right? has a cute hat. <laughs> that was my first, that was honestly my first foray into cosplaying. I like made a very, my first time going to Comic-Con in 2011, I had just gotten into Homestuck and I felt bad that I saw all these great cosplayers and I was like, I can whip something up last minute so I just like took a hat and stuck some like colored paper that I drew to make the ears and I like threw together a very bootleg cosplay and like I've actually improved on that cosplay since then I've created real horns and I've created horns for several other characters but Kanaya is now my main babe um and the way that that happened it's really weird there was (laughs) And this is going deeper into fandom yes. obscura. Uh, so there used to be this uh, voice actor, Octopimp, and he <laughs> would create he would create cartoons and stuff on YouTube, and he would do like fan things related to Homestuck. And like someone else, I'm guess I don't know if it was him or someone else would animate the videos, but he would do voices and they were very funny. And so he would collaborate and other voice actors would come in to play the other characters. And then at one point, I think he was like holding a casting call. So he, he was just like, record yourself doing dialogue for a few different characters. And I did characters that I thought that I could pull off. And then he responded being like, hey, can you try this character? And it was Kanaya. And so it was kind of a challenge because I was like, I don't see myself as being fancy or elegant or formal or any of the things that people think of Kanaya. But so I tried and by I had to like reread some of her chats to get a sense of the character. And it kind of made me like fall in love with her. And I started drawing her. I started writing fan fiction. I started developing feels for like ships and who I liked her with. And that kind of turned into the monstrosity that is my Tumblr famous role-playing account. Oh my god. I I had over 2,000 followers. I was Tumblr famous. Oh my god, you're just like me. (laughs) I got into it like overnight. I just went from being like a casual Homestuck fan to being like, I am in this shit now. (laughs) And I went through like multiple different like relationships, like characters that were paired off with her. And um, I had developed a whole like, it very much skewed from canon. And I tried to explain it as being like an alternate universe like version. Because that's the thing is that it's canon that there are AUs. That's like one of the very later plot points is that like everyone's head canon is correct. That was a like a pointed thing yeah. that like there are different timelines. All of your head cannons are okay. The characters can look however you want them to look. They can be any different body type or ethnicity, and they can be like shipped with whoever you want. All of your ships are canon. And that was kind of like, all right, hussy, I see what you did there. You're trying to appease the fans. I'll take it. Uh, (laughs) So I just like, yeah, I just like had fun with it. And I actually like, 
I made one of my best friends that way through uh, our, uh, shipping our characters together. And they were essentially like married partners who Aww. moved to Earth. And they were like <laughs> living in a mansion with their, their devil spawn baby. And they had a <laughs> demonic robot butler named Gerald. Oh, my God. I'm like, everything is flooding back. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god. So, yeah, I, so I, I started, I got into cosplay more heavily because of Homestuck and I, I stepped up my makeup game because of Homestuck. I learned how to do eyeliner and wings, cat eye wings because of Homestuck. And I started dressing better because of Homestuck because I wanted to be fancy like Kanaya and I kept like, my art skills got better. I started drawing like pinupy art and I was like looking at a lot of um, Gil Elfgren pinups, like the classic, like very cutesy. Oh my god, that's awesome. Like I have a deviant art full of Homestuck trash and it you can just see where my life went from like my various little fandoms, my Lord of the Rings, my Harry Potter yeah. to like just Homestuck everything. <laughs> and I and 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 now I feel like it's coming full circle the fact that I'm doing a burlesque show that's a tribute to Homestuck and I'm going to be doing a kanayak that I've like had in the works for years and it's just like all, it's all coming together. This is such a charming fandom <laughs> I'm so delighted. Because, like, one of the questions that we have that we ask people is, like, how has this fandom and being a part of it impacted your life IRL? Because, like, they do. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I definitely, like, I saw her by role-playing her and reading, you know, the comic and kind of like working on getting to know this character and developing her into my own kind of creation, it inspired me and I was kind of like, I want to be more like this fancy lady. Like, clearly I'm not. I'm wearing a shirt that has like possums dressed like witches. That's pretty fancy. Coven of trash witches. Like, (laughs) clearly I'm not constantly like 24-7 a fancy lady but I can be when I want to if I want to channel Kanaya I can yes and I just feel like I don't know I I also kind of like learned to accept my body a little bit more through like drawing the fan art I gave her a very curvy physique because in the comic they're just like a bunch of blobs with like (laughs) they're just little people with big heads and horns so you know you can draw them however you want so I started like leaning into the pinupy and I like gave her a big ass and I was like I can like my ass too because other people like this art that I'm posting so clearly people like butts now yes so i don't think people ever stopped liking butts but this was like i mean (laughs) that's fair i grew up very self-conscious of having a big butt and you know as i as i got into my 20s and was you know single again and i was kind of trying to like get a feel for how what i'm comfortable with and expressing my sexuality and trying to like feel my curves more expressing myself through this like pinupy art it kind of helped me to get more comfortable with myself and challenge myself more and here i am doing burlesque now so i I definitely feel like homestuck kind of pushed me in that direction of being more comfortable with my body and wanting to to appear sexy sometimes oh that was just me no, no, oh, I, I liked your snaps. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was just me snapping in agreement. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what What was your ship for Kanaya? Oh, my God. I mean, 
I had a few. I obviously I appreciated the canon ship, which was um, Kanaya and Rose, who was a human, oh, one of yeah. the human girl characters. Um, and like the thing about Homestuck is that Kanaya was like the token lesbian character, but also the trolls. It was also canon that they're pansexual, and it's like so her being a lesbian is less of like a biological like thing and more of like a fetish or choice is how they treated it mm-hmm. and i was like well that's that i don't know if i like that um but i i what is astrological sign was she because virgo the- that's why okay, okay okay but so but the thing about so the thing about homestuck that you need to understand is that it's not just one type of relationship it's not that was another thing that was like a big deal about homestuck is that there were four quadrants four romantic types Nobies. of ro- moirails and kismesis Mises, and uh auspistus yeah so there were okay so it's four quadrants i have no idea what you're talking and it's, about okay so you'll like this I <laughs> it's four types of relationships that you could have as a troll in alternian society alternia is the name of their planet and so the way that it worked is that uh there's like the the red there's like the red the the more like lovey like warm feelings kind of relationships and then at the bottom is black so it's like the more negative and so the the like the more sexual ones were the uh the concupiscent concupiscent i don't know i can i don't it's been a very long time since i've seen that word or had to concupiscent Concuspin, I think it's something. Mm-hmm. It's not a real word. It is a real word. It is no, a it real, is. It yeah. has to do with being like sexual, like more oh, like. Yeah, con- I knew it was oh, a word. Concus. Nope. Oh, concupiscent. Oh, what, so I'm sorry. We're talking about a real world, not a word that. It's no, not I a knew homestuck word. No, I knew this was a real word. I just can't pronounce it. Concupiscent. Yeah. Concupiscence. So the concupiscent relationships. A noun, Ma- strong okay. sexual desire. Yes. So there was the mate sprit, which is like the closest thing to like boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, like romantic love. And then Moira was the pale side of that, where it's like a soulmate. It's like not quite a best friend, but it's just someone that you would talk to um, to calm you down because trolls were like on one side of the spectrum. There would be like the very violent, the very... Uh, aggressive troll characters and then they would usually like have someone as their moirel that would calm them down and like like a best friend like a like a platonic it was a more platonic relationship and then the kismesis and they're all represented by different like card symbols mm-hmm. so the heart is the mate sprit the diamond is the moirel spade was kismesis and that's the one that's like very obviously inspired by stuff from like anime or just like any kind of cartoon where it's like they hate each other but they kind of are attracted to each other the sundaris exactly (laughs) but it's like it's like it's it's like that sexual energy where you like hate someone but you want to fuck them so that's what that relationship was and then there was uh and then the third one is like the weirdest one that like almost no one really wanted to explore in fandom because it's kind of a weird one the um the clubs which is uh it's called the auspices 
is the person is like the person that is mediating essentially between two other people who they they can't be kismises whatever they can't be in that kind of relationship because they hate each other too much it like would get violent so they have a, a third party like mediating between them and kind of making them get along and it was kind of like so you mean they literally had a canon unicorn basically <laughs> It was a very yeah. That that the quadrants in Homestuck were kind of my first I knew you'd appreciate this, Raina. My first foray into into the world of polyamory kind of made me understand it more. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I my biggest ship early on, and it lasted a while, was I shipped Kanaya as spades with this character Gamzy, who was an evil clown. <laughs> Because he's the Juggalo character. Because he just, they just seemed so very much at odds. I just thought it made perfect sense that they would like just hate each other in a beautiful, sexy way. A Juggalo and a fancy vampire lady. I just thought it would be perfect. And some just got me thinking about like Uptown Girl. Right? Oh my God. And I did like, I, I wrote that relationship either in my own fanfic or when I was role playing with other people. And sometimes it worked out nicely. And then, like, depending on people's take on the other character, you know, it, it just like fizzled out or was like too edgelordy. Cause that's mm. the, that's the problem with a character like that. That's basically like the, the Joker kind of like the crazy character that goes from being like nice and zonked out juggalo to being like the murderer of the series. Yeah. Is that like some people like to take it in a very dark direction and some people want to downplay the evil part. And it's just, you know, it's a mixed bag. But I just thought, it would be interesting to have this like very refined, elegant lady kind of squabbling with this like derpy clown bad guy who like has a very twisted dark side and is like prone to having murder streaks. So Maggie that, would be into it. <laughs> Maggie's also a homestuck, so Hey, I oh, didn't know that. Yeah. She's one of the people that anytime I'm like, Homestuck is a dead fandom, and, and like Mix will jump into the conversation like, we're making a show happen, we're gonna do it one day, and then Maggie's like, did I hear Homestuck? So, <laughs> I mean, Maggie did talk on this podcast about having a Joker Harley Quinn uh, waterboarding scene with her girlfriend. Um, not surprised. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, to this day, it surprised me. It surprises me anytime I meet people in, in the burlesque or nightlife community that not only know about Homestuck, but, like, were part of the fandom. And I'm just like, I remember knowing no one and trying so hard to get my friends into it, and nobody wanted to read past, like, the first act. And, you know, like, I managed to convert a few people, but it just, I felt very alone except for being on Tumblr, mm-hmm. where I would obviously connect with all these other nerds, and a lot of them were very young. Um, and so I just felt like, oh, I'm the grandma of this fandom. Nobody, like, I feel weird talking to these teenagers about this, this fandom that should be directed at me because I'm the demographic because I get these pop culture references. (laughs) Why do you babies have any interest in this other than the shipping and the cool art? But I guess that's enough to grab some people's attention. Um, but then like discovering now in, in, in this year, our Lord 2020, that there are yep. adults, there are people my age, younger and older, that are 
homestuck trash just like me it makes me feel very special and warm that's beautiful (laughs) i love it so yeah i I think for our closing question um what draws you to this ship or to fandom in general i just i i like when there's like personalities that clash and just i could you know honestly i can see so many different when it comes to Homestuck, I can see any ship. Like, basically, you can, like, there are a few, like, hard no's for me. But there's a lot of ships where I'm like, yeah, I can see that. That could be that could be interesting to read or explore. Because there's so many very big personalities. And it's just kind of like, that was the fun thing about role-playing. Was that you could explore the different relationships. And how these characters would would clash or how they would like mix well whereas you don't see them interacting that much in the comic but then like when you think about their personality traits and like what they're into and it's like it, it there was just like a lot to explore there there was a lot of potential and it was i mean there were so many characters they're yeah. like they had multiple universes they like had their ancestors like come back as teenagers a whole fucking yeah there was a whole different like level it's like the main cast of humans the main cast of trolls and then bamboozle turn around the the grandparents all the the parents of the children and then the ancestors of the trolls like come back as teenagers and it's like their universe their storyline and it was just like what the fuck is happening I think I, I think I, like, I think I gave up before it got to that point, but I had friends that were, like, deep in it and cosplayed and went the whole mile, um, so I, I, I osmosis a bit of that, and I think my little sibling also read more of it than they'd like to admit. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I was going to try to reread some of it as, like, research and preparation and inspiration for this show, but now just talking about it makes me, like... I want to get back into it. I miss it. I like want to log into my Tumblr and be like, "Hey guys, who remembers me?" <laughs> of like ten followers left. Yeah, no everyone. one is active. Everybody left once they like got rid of the porn. And yeah, that's a dead, dead place. So sad. I had a very fond place in my heart for Tumblr. Yeah, Tumblr in a way like r.i.p tumblr like R. I. fucking p help me help me escape an abusive relationship to to be honest like back in 2011 when i got into tumblr when i got into homestuck um and i was like fresh out of college did not have a job did like shitty internships like very sad very depressed and um my partner at the time was still in college and he had already at this point proven himself to be very jealous and controlling and paranoid and did not trust me. And then like the fact that I was out of work and didn't have anything going on. So I would just stay home and play on Tumblr all day while he was still in school and busy with finals or whatever. He would get paranoid about what I was doing on Tumblr and who I was talking to. And like, since I had gotten into Homestuck and I was making new friends online and like Skyping with people and, you know, chatting with people, he got very like, who are you talking to? Who did, what did you do today? And I just like, that was the last straw. Like we had already had problems, but the fact that I'm like, I'm depressed. I have nothing going on in my life. I'm playing with these fucking imaginary characters online and you can't like, just let me be, you know? And that kind of, 
Homestuck and Tumblr saved my life. <laughs> we're, we're in the same boat. I had the same experience like with the Captain America fandom. Um, and my my ex was pretty ambivalent about like my hobbies and stuff. We were pretty ambivalent about each other at that mm. point. Um, but yeah, having other people's feedback on my life and like my thoughts and opinions and like actually people who actually engage with me as a person um really changed my perspective about how i should be treated and the kinds of people i should surround myself with powerful stuff Brianna, do you have anything you'd like to to ask in closing in closing do you feel like your curiosity about homestuck has been sated at last i mean yeah now i know more than i already did (laughs) i feel like the most i knew about homestuck came from can't fuck you die In the old days. The what? Oh, that's... That's another episode. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> well, there you have it. There you have it, listeners. We'll have to do on a, a whole other episode on whatever the hell. Camp... Fuck, fuck you, die. Fuck you, die. die. Got it. Well... Can't, can't wait. Betty, thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And for our listeners' uh, benefit, Betty didn't realize she was recording this podcast <laughs> today. I think Even though I told her. her. I thought we were going to be discussing the show and doing a business. I didn't realize that I was being summoned to discuss my my feels on this very I ancient I told you. I hope you had a good time. I did. It was fun <laughs> coming back to it. I'm going to go home now and dive back in and, and cry and laugh and probably text my, my best friend from San Diego and be like, so guess what, bitches? Guess what's back? We're it's, back. It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> guess who's back? Back again. Oh, God. Homestuck's back. Tell your friends. Yes. <laughs> show yes the homestuck show uh ideal date would have been april 13th because that's like 413 in canon is like an important date but we're going with 313 we're going we're doing this in march because that is the day that we have on the calendar (laughs) available to us um and also i feel like the 413 in april is like a tuesday or monday or some bullshit we have a friday so it's like we are not blowing up on a tuesday yeah no no, no. (laughs) Friday the 13th. fuck that shit we're gonna yeah we're gonna do another friday the 13th and it's going we've had a few friday the 13th shows at this point yeah but yeah i'm probably gonna draw something on the on the banner being like 413 low and uh and the the true homestuck nerds will get the reference yes Excellent. And yeah, so if you're in Brooklyn on March 13th at The Nest. The Nest in Brooklyn, yes. Yes, you can come and see Homestuck Burlesque. It's going to be ridiculous. It's, it's going to be, be a, weird. It's going to be a time. It's going to get yep. fucking weird. You're going to get wrecked. In a good way. 